Then Imam al-Barbahari, rahimahullah, he continued, and what occurs here, on page 299, unless you have a different version of it, it's the two-volume one, but as I said, some people have a different numbered version, but one I have, it's two, number, page number 299, and the issue number is numbered here as number 38, and it's just a printing error, you can see it's a printing error. The previous point was number 48, and the next point is point number 50. It should say point number 49. It says 38, but it should be 49. So the saying of Imam al-Barbahari, rahimahullah, وَلَا يَحِلُّ دَمُمْرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَيَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ إِلَّا بِإِحْدَى ثَلَاثِ زِنًا بَعْدَ إِحْصَانٍ أو مرتد بعد إيمان أو قتلا أو قتل أو قتل نفسا مؤمنة بغير حق فيقتل به وما سوى ذلك فدم المسلم على المسلم حرام أبدا حتى تقوم حتى تقوم الساعة. Saying of Imam al-Barbahari and the blood of a Muslim who bears witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is his slave and his messenger cannot be lawfully shed cannot lawfully be shed except on account of one or three matters fornication after having been married or one who turned apostate after having believed or one who murders a believing soul without right then he is executed for it other than that then the blood of the Muslim is unlawful for the Muslim to shed forever until the hour is established <coughs> as a side point here before continuing uh, there will be an indication of the hadith later on, later on that this uh, main text is based on but just to mention the hadith to begin with as the author Imam al-Barrahari his text is based on the wording of a hadith a hadith reported by al-Bukhari as hadith 6,878 and Muslim as hadith 1,676 from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said Allah's messenger said la yahillu damun ra'in muslim مسلم يشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وعني رسول الله إلا بإحدى ثلاث النفس بالنفس والثيب الزاني والمفارق لدينه أكتارك للجماعة The blood of a Muslim who bears witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that I am the messenger of Allah is not permissible to be shared except on account of one of three cases a life for a life and a previously married person who commits fornication and one who abandons his religion and leaves the Jama'ah as for the explanation of Shaykh al-Fawzan then he said in explanation the issue of killing a Muslim comes after the issue of marriage because Islam came to protect honor matters of honor and to protect 
blood and to protect blood from being shed and to protect property he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said inna dima'akum wa amwalakum wa aradakum alaykum haram hadith reported by Bukhari in his sahih as hadith number 67 and Muslim as hadith 1679 from hadith of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu the Prophet said your blood and your wealth and your honor are forbidden for you and he said كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعيرته all of the Muslim is forbidden for the Muslim his blood and his property and his honor. In a footnote I mentioned reported by Muslim in his Sahih, that's hadith 2564. From Hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu. Shaykh Bazan said, So having spoken about Al Arab matters of honor in the previous sentences, in which is connected to marriage and divorce. He moved on to the matter of blood, the preservation of blood from being shed. So the Muslim, when he bears witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, then his blood and his property become forbidden. Forbidden to attack the shed. He said, and therefore he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أُقَاتِلَ النَّاسَ حَتَّى يَقُولُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَإِذَا قَالُوهَا أَصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, I have been commanded to fight against the people until they say, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. So if they say it, then they have rendered their blood and their property safe from me, safeguarded from me, except on account of a right of Islam. And their reckoning will be with Allah the Most High. In a footnote they mention the hadith is reported by Bukhari in his Sahih, as hadith number 25, and Muslim, as hadith number 22, from hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, radiallahu anhum. The Shaykh said, So whoever announces his Islam and utters the two testifications, then we accept that from him. And we count him as being a Muslim. And we apply the rulings of the Muslims upon him. Even if in his heart there is hypocrisy, nifaq. For that will be between him and Allah. Allah will bring him to account. And the Prophet wasallam, he accepted Islam. He accepted the Islam of the hypocrites, the munafiqeen. And he applied the outward rulings upon them. 
And the Shaykh said, however, whoever commits one of those things that nullifies Islam, then in that case, he is judged to be an apostate. He is judged to be guilty of ridda, apostasy. So either he will then repent, or otherwise he will be executed as a protection for the religion. Sheikh Bazan said, this is the first matter that renders the blood of a Muslim lawful to be shed. When the person commits something, commits apostasy, he commits an act which breaks a person's Islam, which nullifies a person's Islam. That's the first matter that renders the blood of a Muslim lawful, if he does that. Then he said, and the second matter, from those things that render the blood of a Muslim lawful to shed, is Al-Qisas, retaliatory killing. A nafs of nafs, a life for a life. And a murderer who is executed for having murdered. And Shaykh Al-Fazan gives the evidence, he said, he the Most High said, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْقِصَاسِ فِي الْعَقْلَى الْحُرُّ بِالْحُرِّ وَالْعَبْدُ بِالْعَبْدِ وَالْأُنْثَى بِالْأُنْثَى فَمَنْ أُفِيَ لَهُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ شَيْءٌ فَاحْتِبَاءٌ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَأَدَاءٌ إِلَيْهِ بِإِحْسَانٍ ذَلِكَ تَخْفِيفٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ فَمَنْ O you who believe, Al-Qisas, legal retribution for those who have been murdered, is prescribed for you. The free person for the free person, and the slave for the slave, and the female for the female. And whoever pardons and overlooks for his brother, and accepts payment of blood money instead, then this should be adhered to with fairness and payment of blood money should be made in a good manner. This is an alleviation from your Lord and a mercy. So whoever then transgresses after acceptance of the blood money and kills the murderer, then for him there will be a painful punishment. And there is for you in Pesas, in legal retribution, the saving of life. O people of understanding. Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he comments on these ayahs and says, Al-Qisar, retaliatory execution, results in preservation of life. <coughs> even though the person is killed, and even though the murderer is killed, Al-Qisar means the retaliatory punishment, means the one who is murdered, he's executed, he's killed. He says, but it results in the preservation of life, even though he, even though he is killed. Because a would-be murderer, if he knows that he's going to be killed, he will withhold from killing. And someone who is, as in his mind, or is likely, could go, go, go and kill someone, and he knows, he knows that if he does so, he'll be caught and he'll be killed then he'll stop himself from killing. And the Shaykh is the second reason it's preservation of life. He said, and the people, I mean the rest of the people, if they see the murderer being killed, 
then they will, will stop themselves from killing. So therefore, blood is safeguarded on account of that. In those two ways. If a man knows, if a person knows that if he murders someone, he's going to be caught, and himself is going to be killed. That will be a preventing factor for from stopping killing. And likewise, the rest of the people, if the murder is caught, happened, the murder is caught, is executed, and the people see that happen, that will be a deterrent for the rest of the people as well. Then the chef said, So Al-Qisas, retaliatory execution, is a means for preservation of life. And even though the one upon whom retribution is taken is killed, then it is a killing which leads to preservation of life of the rest of the society. And transgression will be reduced. Transgression against blood will be reduced. As for the case, if the murderer were to be left, and it were to be said, this contradicts human rights. In execution of the murderer, this, if it were to be said, this contradicts human rights. So therefore the murderer was just left, is not executed. And it was said, this contradicts human rights. And he were to be left, and not executed. Then this will result in a shedding of blood, and destruction of security, and causing those people who are in a state of security, to instead be in fear. And it will bring about many evils. And killing will increase, and bloodshed will occur. To the extent that they used to say, even in the times of ignorance, in the times of Jahiliyyah, they used to say, Al-Qatl anfal al-Qatl. Execution is the best deterrent to murder. Shaykh said, so killing the criminal, anyone who is guilty of murder, killing the criminal, is the best deterrent to murder in the future. And in this regard is the ayah, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْخِصَاصِ حَيَاتٌ يَعُونِ الْأَلْبَابِ Same ayah from Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 179, from Surah Al-Baqarah, that came before, with explanation. And there is for you, in legal retribution, the saving of life, O people of understanding. And the Sheikh said, and those people who say, that Qisas, retaliatory killing, and legal retribution upon the killer, this runs contrary to human rights. Then we say to them, the person who has been transgressed against, is he not a human? The one who has been murdered, or is going to be murdered, is he not a human? You're worried about the human rights of the killer, the murderer. What about the person who has been killed, or will be killed? Is he not a human? Shaykh said, so, in taking retribution, there is protection for his right. Then the Shaykh moves on to the third reason, which renders, renders the blood of a Muslim lawful to be shed, he said. And the third, of those whose blood it is lawful to shed, is a thayyib zani A thayyib, as the Shaykh will explain, the one who is married or has been married, who commits zina, who commits fornication. He said, a thayyib, 
is the person who has had sexual relations with his wife in a correct marriage. <coughs> so if he then, after that, if he then commits zina, fornication, then he is stoned to death with stones until he dies. And his blood is rendered lawful on account of that. So these are the matters which render the blood of the Muslim lawful to be shed. Either al-qisas, retaliatory punishment in execution for murder, and nafs bin nafs, that is, a life for a life, or one who commits fornication after being married, or al-murtad, the apostate, one who has left the religion of Islam. The one, the Sheikh says, the one who commits something which breaks a person's Islam. And he gives the evidence for that. He said, He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Man Whoever changes his religion, then kill him. And that occurs in the hadith, the Shaykh said, And the one who abandons his religion and leaves the jama'ah, the united body. The references for these two hadith, the first of them, man Whoever changes his religion, then kill him. They mention the footnote, this is reported by Al-Bukhari in his Sahih in two places. And the correct references should be hadith number 3017-3017 and hadith number 6922, 6922, from Ikrimah, who said, Some heretics were brought to Ali, anhu. So he burnt them to death. So that news reached Ibn Abbas. So he said, If it had been me, I would not have burnt them with fire. Because of the prohibition of Allah's Messenger, Do not punish with the punishment of Allah. He said, However, I would have killed them. Because of the saying of Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مَنْ بَدَّلَ دِينَهُ فَاقْتُرُوهُ Whoever changes his religion, then kill him. As for the second hadith, and it's a hadith that we mentioned in the case of the starter, وَاتَّارِكُوا the end of it, وَاتَّارِكُوا لِدِينِهِ الْمُفَارِكُوا لِلْجَمَاعَةِ And the one who abandons his religion and leaves the jama'ah, leaves the united body of the Muslims upon the truth. The reference for this they mention in the footnote is it's reported by Al-Bukhari and it should be as hadith 6878 and Muslim as hadith 1676 from a hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud just as a side point here <coughs> some of the quotes from the people of knowledge because there are, there are those people these days of course who deny the punishment for the apostate so just some quotes from the earlier scholars on the issue, then Imam Ibn Qudama said in his famous book Al-Mughni, he said, the people of knowledge are agreed, ajma'a ahmul ilm ala wujubi qatlin murtad, ruya dhalika an Abi Bakr wa Umar wa Uthman wa Ali wa Mu'ad wa Abi Musa wa Abni Abbas wa Khalid wa Ghayrihim wa lam yunkar dhalika alayhim fakana ijma'an. Ibn Qudama al-Maktis, he said, in Al-Mughni, 
he said, the people of knowledge are united in consensus upon the obligation of killing the apostate. And that is reported from Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and Mu'ad and Abu Musa and Ibn Abbas and Khalid and others besides them. And no one criticized that from them. So it is Ijma consensus. Likewise, Imam Nawawi, as a second point, Imam Nawawi mentioned in his explanation of Muslim in the book of Kitab al-Imara, the book of leadership, when he's speaking about the hadith of the sending of Abu Musa Ash'ari to Yemen, the Prophet sent Abu Musa Ash'ari to Yemen. And later on he sent Mu'ad to follow him and go along with him, to, to, to go to Yemen after him. So when Mu'ad arrived, he found that there's a Jewish man there, captured. <coughs> there's a Jewish man, as the nation mentions, who had accepted Islam and then gone back, left Islam and, and become a Jew again. So when he asked, and he was waiting execution. So the nation mentions that Abu Musa offered a cushion for, for Mu'ad to sit down. So Mu'ad refused, he said, until you exit, until you kill him. And he mentioned the hadith. Allah's Messenger sallallahu he refused to sit down until he had been executed. Imam Nawawi commented upon that hadith and said, it shows the obligation of killing the apostate and they are agreed in consensus upon his killing. Upon his being killed, when the apostate is executed. And likewise, the last quote is a side point, in the side point here. And Imam Ibn Abdul Bar said in his book, At Tamheed, when he was speaking about the narration of Ali, and when he killed the apostates, then Ibn Abdul Bar then said, The fiqh of this hadith is that man yurtadda an dinihi hamda jamuhu wa durida unukuhu wa al-ummatu mujtami'atun ala dhalik and he said the fiqh of the hadith is that whoever apostatizes leaves his religion then his blood becomes lawful and his neck is struck and he is beheaded and the ummah is agreed upon that is united upon that Back to the explanation of Shaykh al-Razan, he said, so he mentioned the two hadith, whoever changes his religion then kill him, and then the second hadith, and the one who abandons his religion, the one who separates from the united body. The Shaykh said, and this contains a refutation of those who deny the punishment for apostasy, seeking to use as evidence his saying, he the most high, la ikraha fid Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, by 256. With the explanation, there is to be no compulsion upon the religion. The Shaykh said, and this use of evidence is an error. Because killing the apostate, its goal is not to force anyone upon the religion. It's not to force anyone to accept the religion. Rather, the goal in it, the goal from it, is to protect the religion from being played around with by someone who has entered into it freely by choice and then he abandons it after having borne witness that the religion is true. And so there's no proof in that ayah 
for what they're trying to use to say that that, that I approve that you can't execute an apostate because that's forcing him to push it. No, this is not the case. The, what's, the execution for the apostate is not to force anyone upon the religion, rather the, the, the person who has freely chosen to become into Islam and borne witness that Islam is the truth. And then he turns apostate. And he's executed as a protection for the religion. He had his free choice, he entered. So this is no this is no way forcing him upon the religion. Then the Sheikh said, his saying Wala Yahillu Damumra in Muslimin Yashadu and La ilaha illallah. His saying and the blood of a Muslim person who bears witness that none has the right to worship except Allah is not permissible. Sheikh Bazan said, the Muslim. He is the one who bears witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. However, along with the two testifications there must be action that he establishes the prayer and gives the zakat and fasts Ramadan and performs the hajj to the house for whoever is able to make his way to it. Action is essential. He said, his saying, وَمَا سِوَى ذَلِكَ فَدَمُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ حَرَامٍ أَبَدًا حَتَّى تَقُومَ السَّاعِ And whatever is besides that, then the blood of the Muslim is forbidden for the Muslim to shed forever until the hour is established. Sheikh Farzan said, the blood of the Muslim is forbidden for the Muslim. There will not come a time when it is permissible for him to shed the blood of a Muslim ever. For Allah, unless he transgresses against and attacks the people in their homes, or he commits highway robbery, or revolts against the authority of the ruler, or other than that, then he is killed to repel his evil. If his evil cannot be repelled, except through killing him. <laughs> 